Hey, good afternoon. Happy Friday. Oh, Rob, I'm hearing my own voice voice back in my head, which has uh, always been a dream of mine to be able to hear myself speak. There we go. <laughs> Thanks so much for that, and thank you all for listening. Jeff Supple sitting in for Alan Carter over the past few days as Alan takes an extra long weekend. Uh, happy Friday. Happy end to what was the hottest July that Environment Canada had ever seen since it started collecting data back in back 85 year, 84 years ago, excuse, excuse me. So it wasn't your imagination. That was a very hot month. And happy stage three of reopening to Toronto and Peel. Exciting stuff. Um, a host of different businesses reopening today, including movie theaters, restaurants, things you might want to take advantage of during this long weekend. But should you? What should you expect if you decide to head out? We will have more on that, speaking with a restaurant owner in Toronto a little bit later this hour. Um, and as if all of that wasn't reason enough to celebrate... I woke up this morning to some more happy news, went online. I think I, I mentioned earlier this week while hosting the program on Wednesday that I was planning to head out and get a COVID-19 test. Well, got the results this morning. Drum roll, negative for COVID-19. Phew. So I feel like I have a new lease on life now. Uh, and man, was that ever fast. That is, I have to admit, that is impressive. That was, I, I got my test at around 3 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon, got my results just after 6 a.m. this morning. So just, you know, 39 hours. Uh, I mean, that's faster than Amazon Prime, right? That's pretty impressive. Um, so good on them for doing that. And as we've heard, you know, in the news now, they're processing just in the province of Ontario upwards of, you know, 25,000 tests a day. Um, so, Yeah. Exciting day for a host of different reasons. And if you are looking to take advantage of stage three this weekend, head out and about, or even if you're not, imagine if there was a way to know that you had been in contact with someone who then later tests positive for COVID-19, even a complete stranger, you know, someone just sitting in the same restaurant as you or walking through the same grocery store. Well, as you heard in the news, there is now an app for that. It's called the COVID Alert app done in conjunction with Health Canada. Federal government goes live today in the province of Ontario after weeks of delays. But does this app deserve a download? Should you be getting this thing on your phone? What about privacy concerns? We will discuss all of that. We will ask an expert coming up later in the program. So lots to talk about. But first, I wanted to begin our program today with the other big non-COVID-19 related story, which is, of course, Prime Minister Trudeau yesterday on the hot seat, under the spotlight, in the crosshairs, whatever cliche you prefer, for the first time in about 14 years, a Canadian Prime Minister testified in front of a parliamentary committee and this one, you know, looking into him and his behavior, whether he should have recused himself from the We Charity decision and that controversy, something he's already admitted himself he should have done. Uh, but for about 90 minutes yesterday, he was grilled by members of the Finance Committee on Parliament Hill. And I have to admit, watching that, it was more entertaining than I expected it to be. You know, you never know. Sometimes these parliamentary committees can be a little dry. But this was the first time I have ever laughed out loud, you know, by myself while watching a parliamentary committee hearing. There was one moment, uh, I think it was about maybe 40 minutes into the hearing, Prime Minister was getting hammered over and over again by Conservative MP Pierre Polyev, a Conservative MP for Carleton in Ottawa, known to be a bit of a political pit bull uh, in these situations, pushing the Prime Minister over and over and over to say how much money his family has been paid by the WE Charity, in particular his mother. Now, fortunately for Trudeau, 
you know, the format of these hearings is, is dictates that the questions and the answers had strict time limits. So, you know, Pierre Polyev would, would basically get into his questions and then he'd run out of time. And so, you know, he wasn't able to get the answer that he wanted. Justin Trudeau said, you know, he just didn't have the number in front of him. He could get him the number. Pierre Polyev wasn't happy about that. And on and on it went. But fortunately for Trudeau, the chair of the committee uh, was basically policing the whole thing. Um, so, you know, Wayne Easter, liberal MP and the committee chair would kept stopping Pierre Polyev from hammering away at the prime minister. And the whole thing was done being, being done via video link, right? Because of the pandemic. But then at one point, Pierre Polyev starts hammering away at the prime minister again, and the chair isn't interrupting Pierre Polyev and, you know, some other members on the committee start calling out for the chair to step in and, and to do something. Well, it turned out that there had been a thunderstorm and the chair of the committee had lost power and had been kicked out of the meeting. Have a listen to a bit of the exchange, starting first from a liberal member of that committee, liberal MP for Nova Scotia, Sean Fraser. Point of order I, I, to suspend I've just come to learn that the, uh, the, the chairperson's power has gone out and is no longer part of this meeting. Um, uh, may I propose that we okay, suspend we can, for uh, we can minutes keep for uh, Prime Minister and I can uh, continue talking? No. No. I suspected that might be a problem. It's very convenient timing for the lights to go out. <laughs> Look, I got a message to the effect that his power has gone out. I have no reason to, to distrust him. I hope uh, you don't but, pull the uh, fire alarm now. Yeah, well, look, there's no intent in my own private home here in the middle of a pandemic. I don't have a fire alarm. Um, I, I propose the, the, the general the general process is that the vice chair assumes uh, assumes the chairing of the meeting. So we'll continue. And that would that would be that would be me. So uh, that we'll would continue be, the meeting. That would be Pierre Polyev. So a little bit tough to follow there with all the different voices. But basically, after that, Pierre Polyev, then as the vice chair of the committee gave himself the floor to continue to ask more questions. Now, fortunately for Prime Minister Trudeau, the power came back on in Wayne Easter's house. The chair returned about a minute later and, and got things back under control. But that, I think, if there was ever any doubt, is proof that God is a conservative, or at least Mother Nature is a conservative. You know, lightning strikes in Wayne Easter's writing and knocks out the power and Pierre Polyev gets to go at the Prime Minister, no holds barred. So a brief moment of levity there, but there was some serious stuff, of course, to unpack from that testimony yesterday. New information, key takeaways, and to discuss that now, we are joined on the line by Adrian Batra, who's the editor-in-chief of the Toronto Sun. Adrian, thanks so much for joining us here on Global News Radio. It's such a pleasure to be with you, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks for making time. Uh, I'm assuming you were riveted by that testimony yesterday. What a start, uh, of course. What did, I mean, there was a lot there, but what did you make of, of what you heard from the Prime Minister? It was quite something. Well, most of your listeners would know the Toronto Sun is very well known in terms of our cheeky headlines and our front pages, and but mostly our sports. And our sports guys have been, of course, lamenting that sports has been slow to come back. And, and the political side of our newsroom is saying, are you kidding me? This has been the greatest sporting event we've seen all week between what's going on on Parliament Hill. So it's been fun from that perspective, certainly entertaining, troubling as a Canadian, um, but certainly there's a lot uh, to unpack with respect to what happened just this week altogether. Yesterday was one thing, but with the Kielberger brothers' uh, testimony earlier this week um, is another. It's one of those sorts of situations where you have time with an individual for a certain period of time, and yet you're not done. We have more questions than answers. And I think um, what we were, what, what was most revealing yesterday from the Prime Minister um, was his lack of understanding of really 
it would have appeared to me to be the lack of understanding of either the seriousness of this of this situation or not putting the uh, you know lining up the dots saying you know yes of course my family's involved and yes I'm the one that put, tried to push back but no I didn't recuse myself so it's, I think it's the inconsistency by which he uh, handled it was was troubling and and I think you know the the finance committee has the ability to compel anybody back whether or not they agree is, is another thing so I suspect you're going to see the NDP and the Conservatives attempt to try to perhaps recall the Prime Minister to the to the committee to get more answers um, and it's interesting also because the opposition parties in a minority parliament control the um, uh, the the numbers on on the committees now so unlike last parliament where the Liberals could shut down the SNC Lavalin questionnaire they can't do it this time around so I think there's more to come on this. Yeah, interesting. And as you say, that's it. And, uh, you know, unlike the, I mean, this is his third ethics com- commission investigation now, as we know, unlike the last ones, though, where they had a majority government this time in minority territory, the math works out differently. So it's possible they could compel Mr. Trudeau to come back. Um, you know, as you mentioned, it was a bit of a, I mean, on one hand, he was sort of he had taken responsibility apologized but certainly seemed to be shuffling the blame in in other directions didn't he oh absolutely and if uh, and anybody having worked in government which you know i've had the privilege of doing many 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 incarnations of my life ago but you know that the civil service is a very very powerful entity and can you know make you or break you and what we've seen over the course of the last three to four weeks is the liberal uh cabinet ministers have completely thrown the uh, civil service under the bus, saying that they crafted the idea. They were the ones that reached out. They were the ones that, um, you know, sort of ostensibly hatched this whole scheme. But it none of it adds up because you cannot put together uh, a nearly billion dollar program or now $543 million program. You cannot do that without some semblance of political involvement. And, and that's just known. That's just a fact. You can, there's, there's so many processes by which one has to go to to even get a bill authorized, a money a spending bill, money bill. And a lot of that goes to the finance minister, the very person who, you know, conveniently wrote a $43,000 check on the very day that he was testifying, who conveniently um, forgot that uh, he, he owed the charity money and then the charity said it was a free trip. I mean, there's just too many, uh, too many, um, you know, loose threads here. So what we see, though, is the, the civil service will bite back. Prime Minister Trudeau said it was theirs. Bernie Chagger said it was up to them. The chief of staff said it was up to them. You know, we we could see leaks, and and that will show, that will that will counter what we saw over the course of the last few days in terms of testimony. That's where they that's where lies big problems for them. So it remains to be seen, though, who ultimately will be held accountable for this, Jeff. Uh, obviously, we're going through the ethics commissioner's um, report that will that will come out in earnest. But that's a $500 fine if he's found um, in violation of it. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a nothing burger. So really, it's ultimately up to Canadians whether or not they, they feel that they have any integrity, the Liberal government has any integrity left at all. That will be up to an election. So it's really, um, it's really troubling, I think, um, when you see the sort of successive ethical violations and then the apologies. And I don't know about you, but I never understand why we all have to learn something when Justin Trudeau screws up. 
<laughs> right. Uh, and, and you know, we should quickly recap for anyone who, because, you know, there are a lot of moving parts to this, but of course, um, as Adrian has alluded to there a few times, one of the big sort of takeaways that came out of the testimony was that Justin Trudeau said that he first found out that the public service was was proposing this idea that they give this money, this program to the We Charity, that Trudeau first found out about that on May the 8th, that he was then the one who put up the red flag and said, hold on, guys, uh, you know, for, you know, among the reasons, his own family connections to that charity, asked the public servants to go back to the drawing board and to, you know, sort of check into that and whether that was a good idea. And then claimed that two weeks later, the public servants came back and said, shucks, you know, boss, you know, we looked into it, we've done our due diligence, but it is either, in Trudeau's words, a bi- it's a binary choice. It's either we charity or nobody, because no other organization, according to the testimony, could carry out this program on such short notice. So as you noted, it's sort of laying a lot of the blame there at the feet of the public servants. Mm-hmm. And Bill Morneau, as you mentioned, the finance minister, didn't get off unscathed there either, given no. his connections. Do you how how what do you make of sort of the life expectancy of his political career in all of this? Well, that's a great question. Thus far, they've managed to skate through so many things. I mean, who amongst us has not forgotten about our villa in France? Who amongst <laughs> us has not forgotten about a forty three thousand dollar vacation that someone else paid for? I mean, it's just it it. It speaks to some of the hypocrisy uh, that we've seen from this government pretty much from day one. You know, they talk about wanting to champion for the middle class and those that are, you know, struggling in this. But yet their actions don't match the words. And and maybe we collectively eye roll about that. We don't have any expectations about government these days. You know, we think that they're all corrupt. They're all scandalous. They're they're all in the in the tank. But that's that's a that's a sad you know reflection upon our democracy. But Bill Morneau. You know, there used to be a time, Jeff, when there was so much integrity in in government and, you know, even the hint of a questionable uh, move or a scandal, a a cabinet minister would step aside until an investigation is completed. I don't think that we're going to see Bill Morneau going anywhere anytime soon, unless he goes to Justin Trudeau and says, you know, look, boss, I think that this is going to be a lot of heat on you. Let me fall on my sword. I'm going to offer you my resignation. Um, You can appoint someone else's finance minister. That's entirely possible. Um, But it is Friday before a long weekend, and the day is not over. Over yet. And when a government or anybody wants to dump bad news, it's usually this afternoon. So stay tuned. Stay tuned to Global News Radio AM 640 Toronto. Adrian Batchelor, the editor-in-chief of the Toronto Sun. Thanks so much for joining us on a Friday before the long weekend. Much appreciated. Nice to talk to you. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Take care.